Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2017, so we're talking about energy and industrials. I am your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me in studio is a guy that I think we used to have on the show, uh, Mr. Taylor Muckerman, maybe you remember him. Uh, morning, Taylor. Way back machine. Yeah, right? I was like, yeah. oh, God, what? <laughs> where's Doctor Who or whatever? Um, welcome back. Yeah. You're looking pleasure. tan. You're looking good. Summertime. Looking happy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how was your time abroad? It was good. Working working remotely for a few weeks. Went to One of the benefits, of course, of working for The Fool is a little bit of flex schedule, working out with your manager, go to Portugal for a month. Yeah. <laughs> I worked, worked from about 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., so... Made, it's, made it happen. Is it the same as uh, London? Like time five zone? hours? Yeah. Yeah. Five, mm. I, I thought it was. Is it six in the winter? No. Five. It's just yeah, five. It's five right. uh, then you cross over, over into Spain and you hit the six-hour mark. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, well, it was fun. Like we chatted the whole time. Yeah. Like, no, Slack and everything. Slack, email, Skype. I even joined in on a podcast for Pro Canada. Oh wow. From Portugal. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of funny. Uh, so did you but, mention the fact that you were in Portugal? No. 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 We no. Just, no. We no. Just no. Let it fly. <laughs> well, so we had Ian Butler from Toronto on Skype yeah. or on Econo. Um, I think no. Yeah, Kano, and then Jim Gillies from Toronto on Kano, myself from Portugal on Kano, and yeah. Brian White. I think he was here in the studio by himself. Uh, can Can you confirm Austin? Yeah or nay? I was not part of that. Yeah, I think okay. that was Anne. All right, well, I'm going to ask her later. Brian, my, Brian, was he alone in a room? <laughs> he he might have been remote too. I don't know. Poor but, Brian. Uh, so. Yeah, kind Good of a stuff. Part. The technology's changing the game. Even though IBM forced their entire workforce back into the office, uh, yeah, we can we can still make things happen here. Whenever I see a company do that, I actually wonder if they're just trying to find a reason why their business isn't doing great. And it's like, well, maybe it's your fault with the business. Yeah, but I think so. And they definitely lost some talent as a result sure. because people lived in. Cheaper places to well, live. Well, they built their lives around yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. You know. And they're forced to now move to bigger cities, but we uh, digress. So, yeah, we do digress. So, uh, bring it back to oil and energy <laughs> and industrials. Okay. Um, real quick, you sent this over to me yesterday. I think I'd seen it on the top of my Yahoo Finance newsfeed or something, but um, Ecuador is pumping over their OPEC limit. Uh, that's not nice, of course. Um, this comes after, I think this came out one or two days ago, but OPEC's uh, compliance with cuts slumped this past it month. It did. It did. People, 78% compliance. <laughs> this is not great. Um, it's more, more towards historical norms. Well, right. Yeah. And, um, but it was, down, it was like they did this correctly for a couple of months, and 90, it was 95% compliance in May, and then um, Algeria, Ecuador, Gabon, Iraq, UAE, Venezuela... Uh, they all started pumping, and that upset major compliance mm-hmm. from Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, Angola. And like, Saudi Arabia failed to comply in June, too. So obviously, if, if, obviously, if the biggest it was your idea, guys. Yeah, obviously, if the biggest producer fails, the smaller guys with much more, re- more reliant budgets on oil hasn't even. Russia supposedly like complied? But like, which of course begs the question: Do we know? Yeah, do we know? But anyway. Um, definitely think seems like whenever it, it it seems like we get something that pops up that just derails this production cut plan mm-hmm. every month. It's oh, we had a a field that does this. Oh, so we're going to produce more now yeah. and all this stuff. And it's just like this, of course, brings us to the the fundamental flaw of any cartel. 
<laughs> yeah. Which is you have an incentive to when, cheat when it's not signed in blood. You get uh, in a room, you agree to something, you leave the room, you tell your people to do the yeah, opposite. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you allow Libya and Nigeria two members to right completely remove themselves from the the production cap because right. of internal strife. We we need the money. Yeah. Um, as if nobody or everybody doesn't need money. They all need the money. Um, interesting. Because the original agreement called for, and like Russia was in on it, and technically Russia isn't part of OPEC, but like anytime OPEC makes a decision, they pretty much call Putin up. Like, well, because hey. they, they produce 10 pretty, million barrels a day, yeah. right? Like, it's right, right in line with uh, Saudi Aramco, 10.5 million barrels per day. Um, but they're supposed, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they're supposed to be doing this until March 2018. Supposed to be. It's only July 17. <laughs> yeah. They realize that it's not working. It's like they're cheating. It's not working in the first quarter they're of the up. race. Well, they've—I mean, technically, they've this—they extended the cuts after right. after they didn't work for a year. Yeah, um, I definitely think they are expecting because I mean, I it, it de- the thought definitely crossed my mind that it when they cut, it would oil would immediately go to sixty. Yeah, for, like it, I'm it's sure spiked. that's what they're hoping. It spiked. And then, and then frack, fracking continued to happen. Yeah, are we at the highest ever now? Have you seen that? Uh, the U.S. Think, production. I, I think they're expecting to close the year around like nine point six million. Yeah, that's per day. that. That will be the and highest. Then up to nine point nine yeah. at the end of next year. Up uh, from like eight and a half last year. Yeah. Yeah. So and up from four and a half ten years ago. In rig. Yeah, and the rig counts more than doubled yeah. from a year ago. Still. Still way, way, way below. shy. It's like in the mid 900s right now. Rigs, rigs on staff, and it was in the 1900s. Where are all these rigs? Are they just sitting in a field in Texas? Um, some of them. Some of them are missing a few parts because they. I was about been, to say, been, I know they're missing a few parts. They've been disrobed and and call up distribution now. We need new parts. Yeah, because they, they've rather than just taking a broken down machine and putting a new machine there, they just yeah take parts as they need them from these these stacked quote unquote stacked machines dun, dun, rigs dun. yeah so we're Fancy. still a th- about a thousand shy of the peak um but uh, so what, what does that put is that six or seven hundred and it bottomed out at three no rigs? uh we're we're in the mid nines okay and it bottomed out well i don't know what it bottomed out at but a I year, a year ago four. a year ago they were in the mid fours yeah that's yeah. what i anyway okay uh, so uh, moving on to uh, the railroad sector, this is a yeah. fun little story you sent over to me the, yeah. uh, the other day. Um, CX's shares—I didn't even notice this, so thank you for sending mm-hmm. it. CSX's shares dropped five percent on Wednesday, July 18th, after its quarterly conference call, but not because of the results. During the call, its CEO Hunter Harrison said that he expected his tenure to be short. Um, this doesn't seem to be like that in and of itself might be jarring, mm-hmm. but I actually—I mean, we can talk about it, but. Uh, that might not be the whole reason the shares dropped. Also on the call, it was noted that the 700 layoffs may be on the way. Yeah. Um, there's a few things on the call that I think really... Because they are talking about caught. shrinking shrinking fleet of cars and coal pricing. And yeah, I was like, they're not going to add any cars for coal. They're not going to add any extra lines for coal. And coal is, was CSX's lifeblood for many, many years, uh, simply because of its route up and down the Appalachian Trail, right. essentially. Um, and so that kind of caught people off guard. Um, it basically came out and said, fossil fuels are dead. Oh, uh, um, not in the immediate term. He said, that's not going to be in two to three years, but it's going away in my view. It's a very long-term view. Um, 
not necessarily on coal. This is the guy that's supposedly going to be gone in six months. We yeah, know. I know, I know. Um, but uh, so when you look at this company, a fifth of its uh, second quarter revenue came from coal, uh, around $530 million. But if you look at the same quarter in 2011, they had a billion dollars of coal revenue. Oh, wow. So yeah. the industry struggling, um, and it's, it's Now, didn't coal CSS. pricing go up a little bit? Like I saw that, and I was a like- A little bit. Yeah, we're ex- still exporting coal. Okay. Um, that, right. yeah, that's where most of the volume, the rise in volumes uh, for CSX came from, 8.2 million tons of exports, um, 11 million tons uh, was the decline in U.S. deliveries. We might need to do another uh, railroad show again because we did that one a month ago now. Yeah, we it talked was, a little bit about like the Canadian rails, mostly so, um, along with Buffett's interest in in the railroad sector. The um, and Buffett's railroad, Burlington Northern. Yeah. Um, you know, we we pulled out the results there, and they earned less money last year than they did the previous year. It's because mm-hmm. of this oil stuff. I yeah, mean, they the, used to make a bunch of money at bringing oil from the Dakotas. There was down a to, couple years spike in that. Uh, right. It was a short, very short-lived um, boon for the railways that yeah. had access to it. I just got to wonder long. Uh, I just got to wonder about these stocks long term because, like, it's not even a ship you can turn, but it's a big ship to turn, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, if fossil fuels are dead or whatever, like in thirty years, yeah. it's like, okay, what are these railroads gonna do? Well, if you looked at oil as a percentage of overall revenues it was kind of a blip mm-hmm. um but it was a nice blip for the couple of years that they had it because it was unexpected um and but, the pricing was amazing yeah because the oil companies had to pay up for right. it uh because they needed that transportation because pipelines were so far behind uh, which they've caught up somewhat and the downturn in oil prices kind of prevented oil companies from being able to afford the higher price um demanded by these rails uh, but coal, I think, has a much bigger impact than the decline of oil by rail on certain railroads. Not every railroad cares about coal. Right. CSX is certainly uh, one that has cared about coal more than most in the, in the past. And um, now now you see Hunter Harrison uh, basically saying, sayonara. It's, it's gone in a few years. He did say that the last carload of coal that's shipped out of this country, I want to be the carrier that ships it. So, a little a little heartfelt nod uh, to the industry, but he's he's not going to be there when that last rail car likely ships, um, as he did say that he he's more of a placeholder. Seat. He's a, he's really like a vagabond that jumps from train to train, making his way across North America. He revolutionized CN Rail, boosted his own personal stock as a rail line CEO. Then he went to see Canadian Pacific. Then he was poached by CSX um, activist investors to jump the ship to CSX after he'd only recently joined Canadian Pacific. Um, and so much so that the CSX wanted him that they paid him $84 million that he gave up by leaving CP. Wow. And he's going to peace out and take his $84 million. <laughs> I don't know like how long. They didn't put like a date on how so long he's going to be there. But yeah, the... They, the quotes were basically like that's uh, LeBron money. <laughs> that, that's LeBron money. That's LeBron on court money. He's got some side hustles that it might be worth a little bit more than eighty four million. Apparently, he's got the fastest growing pizza chain in the United States. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. All I know is uh, when I went to Beijing in two thousand eight or nine, he a giant LeBron cardboard cutout in the McDonald's. Uh-huh. Like, I can't escape this guy. Well, Yao, Yao Ming retired. They had to replace him with somebody. Yeah, they did. 
Um, but uh, I, when you were talking about he wants to ride the last one that goes to the country or whatever, uh, have you ever seen Dr. Strangelove, the guy riding the bomb with his hat and everything? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. picturing, like, what do you want to ride this with and wave your cowboy hat? No, or? he doesn't want to personally be on it. But oh, he wants, okay. He like, wants the, coal, the last train of coal to be shipped on a rail to be on a CSX, <sighs> on a CSX line. But he says that now, but maybe he works for... 20 years from now? Maybe he works like for Norfolk 30? Southern in 10 years, uh, and then he wants the last uh, truck, of, uh, the last trailer of coal to be on that rail line. They'll, so. they'll pay him in coal. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we head out here, got to mention a um, couple of inventory draws mm-hmm. out of uh, Cushing here in the United States. Yeah, um, attuned listeners might have noticed that the price of oil is is at it's like a, a six-week high, maybe. Six-week high, yeah. Brent over there uh, on the London Mercantile Exchange, up. Uh, it was yesterday, it closed up 86 cents, 1.8%, closing just below 50 bucks. Oh my gosh, we're almost at 50 again, yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Yay! Woo-hoo. Almost. Um, U.S. crude's about 47. Always trades a little bit of a discount, it's fine. Um, but uh, that was because the energy uh, EIA said that U.S. crude stocks fall 4.7 million barrels during the week ended July 14th. Uh, and this exceeds estimates of 3.2 million, uh, uh, a draw of 3.2 million barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, also, of note that I actually wanted to uh, highlight was if you include um, inventories of all the petroleum stuff. Like particularly gasoline in this case, mm-hmm. um, inventories fall by ten million barrels for the week, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, where do you? Because when we we're talking about this before the show, you're like, "Oh, seasonalities." Da 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 da. Well, yeah. Because but have... on the other hand, does that three point two million that was anticipated factor that in? Probably a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they they play the trends, but they were also way wrong on inventory builds. Over the last couple, I months. mean, to to your point, every time I see these, I'm like, oh, aren't they cute? Yeah, but <laughs> they, I mean, they expected a draw off a handful of weeks ago, and it was up. Inventory was up right. like a couple hundred thousand, maybe a million barrels. Uh, so it's just it's just a surprise, and it's really the only thing. Inventory data has, seems to really be the only thing driving oil prices up or down because what? they're they're pretty pretty stayed when it comes to like the the. The window that they've been trading in in the in the forties, right? And again, no matter what happens with oil, if it goes to twenty because of electric cars in five years, or if it goes back to seventy or eighty, no matter what, I will. No, my opinion on U.S. traders focusing on U.S. inventory data mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's we have the only good data, and that's why they do it. But we're fifteen we percent of the, the global data. market. Not like, good data. We have the best. We data. have the best data on a sixth of we the, have the like, best. Data. Who cares? <laughs> um, you know, oh, well. they're 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 happy. It's the starting the second half of the year off on a, on an upward trend after uh, the commodity, the energy commodities part of Goldman Sachs's commodity index was the worst performer over the first half. Oh boy! Yeah, down eleven percent uh, the first half of twenty seventeen, and that includes gasoline, natural gas, gas oil, heating oil, crude oil, WTI, and Brent. Um, all of them in the negative. This is the worst performing sector. Worst performing sector of the Standard okay. & Poor's Goldman Sachs Commodity Index. There we go. GSCI. Uh, you look at lean hogs, though. Tell the roost. Pork bellies. Rule, pork rule bellies. Rule Buy lean, me some pork. Lean <laughs> hogs up over 40% in the first half. <laughs> I'm, I'm going home tonight and watching Trading Places now. Thank you. Lean hogs, followed by Chicago wheat. Kansas wheat. I don't know. It must be the index or the the commodities floor that they're talking about because I don't know if Chicago grows much right. wheat unless it's on rooftops. And then feeder cattle. Lead, how, how's coffee doing? I always wanted to buy a coffee. Uh, where's coffee? Oh, it's uh, down about ten percent in the first half. 
right there in between natural gas and gasoline. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the dip on coffee because uh, long term, man. I mean, the way we just plowed through that uh, nitro cold brew keg oh in my a gosh. day, 24 hours. Yeah, had a happy hour to celebrate Founders Day on Monday, and I think Tuesday I think, afternoon. I think the, Dylan Lewis from the Tech Show had about half of that. The keg of cold <laughs> brew was gone. I mean. Uh, some folks don't know that you're not supposed to drink an entire cup of cold brew. It's a little stronger than than I, I did. Stuff. I did notice that Dylan's hand was shaking a little bit, yeah. but he's he's still 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 alive. We'll have to go back and so. listen to that show. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, let's do that after. Um, so before we head out, any, yeah. anything cool you're watching? Um, well. One quick note: Not many people are putting sugar in their coffee because the see. price of sugar down <laughs> over thirty percent. Down over thirty percent. So, just one thing. Um, uh, cool that I'm watching in the sector or on TV. Uh, the sector. We already um, we, we already talked about Portugal and craziness. Uh, you know, I like I told you before the show. I've made it a goal of mine to. Uh, to hone in on some of the, the renewable Solar. sectors yeah. uh, of energy so that this show can provide a better future for our listeners. Uh, 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 what about you? I just... I, I, uh, what do you mean? Uh, so, so, much, uh, so much hamming it up, talking about pork over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hamming it up. You got it, buddy. Yes, indeed. Um, bacon, right. bacon. Well, uh, we missed you, and uh, it was an absolute pleasure chatting. Yeah, it was good to talk about pork after coming from a country that thrives on cured meats. Boom. Yeah, did you just survive on charcuterie boards over there? Or? Yeah, we had like a massive presunto leg that we could just slice off and eat for breakfast. <laughs> we bought it at the airport, took it, and we ate it for a month. Yeah, I mean, you could legit eat it Duty for a month. Duty-free. Yeah. And, then, and then when we left, we lathered it up in olive oil and then wrapped it in a towel and put it in the fridge. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. You should bring some to the office. Uh, I wish I could have, but the darn airlines. Oh, you didn't bring it back. Oh, they the took darn airlines. Won't the airline let you take took pork. your cheese. They'll the let pork? you bring cheese. You can't bring wow. pork back. You can't bring fruit or pork. Unbelievable. But you can bring cheese. I didn't though because some of the best Portuguese cheeses fairly smelly. Got it. Uh, well, on that note, that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for the Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against these stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Markerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and fool on. Fool on.